So get comfortable, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and know that we are all connected to the one, that one presence, one power, one source, one world. Breathe that in. Yes. Ah, we are all one. We are all connected, always, even, even when we may not feel like it. We are still connected. And this connection at its base is love. Love. Yes. Love. A short four-letter word, but oh so powerful. And there are so many levels and types of love. And love is love. And what is it? When do you know you are experiencing it? Well, for me, there's this feeling within deep inside. Sometimes it's a flutter. Sometimes it's such a strong emotion. It can bring me to tears. Sometimes it's just sharing a spot, a smile with another person who, by the way, is also love. Love is who we are. And when we come from love, when we see others also as love, our lives, our day, our experiences are just ratcheted up a level. I know when I am not in that space, when I do not come from love and recognize that love is all there is, my day just does not go, does not flow with ease and grace. When I hold on to bitterness, anger, resentment, jealousy, etc., life just seems harder. It seems harder and it just doesn't flow. It doesn't go very well. And I attract exactly what I send out. When we come from and have only love in our hearts, in our whole being, that is what we attract. And our day is so much more fun and enjoyable. Everyone around us is happier, friendlier. Everything just goes more smoothly. I notice that I even seek out good news stories and I find them. And I say these words about myself, but I know and I'm sure that these words resonate with everyone present also. So feel that in your heart. Send yourself love, that deep, all-encompassing, overwhelming love. Send it to yourself and tell yourself, I love you. I love you. And let go of any doubt, any barriers, any wall that may be blocking the acceptance of these words. And just for today, accept it. And then tomorrow, accept it. And the next and the next. Feel it. Live it. Be it. Be love. Take that in. So with great, great gratitude and love, I release these words into the law, knowing they are the truth, knowing it is all you need, and knowing it is complete. It is done. So I release this with great gratitude. And together, please say, and so it is.
Our monthly theme for this whole month is looking at Holy, Holy Uprising. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, Holy, H-O-L-Y, Uprising, uh, a sacred uprising, um, a completely sacred uprising. You know, we're, we're living in the springtime right now where everything, plants are breaking through the ground and, and rising up. And so it's the same thing with, with allowing our thoughts, our love, our true nature, if you will, uh, to rise up, you know, come out of the, the darkness, come out of the, the soil and, uh, and a preparation, which is necessary, and rise up and blossom and bloom. And today's topic is revolutionary love, revolutionary love. And I want to start with a quote uh, with the definition of revolution. A revolution is a fundamental change in the way of thinking about or visualizing something. A change of paradigm, according to Merriam-Webster. And we're looking at shifting, expanding, not being caught. Love is the core state of the universe. Love is all there is. In, in the letter of, of uh, first letter of John, John says God, in the Bible, uh, God says love, God is love. And all who li- love, <laughs> let me try that again. God is love. And all who live in love, live in God. And God lives in them. When we are in that state of, of love, it's not just a feeling, but this, that, that spiritual state of love. We are living in and as the divine essence, whatever name we want to give it, we are living as that. God is not a being that is loving. God is love itself. And again, I use the word God not in the way of a big guy up in the sky, but that infinite presence and power and energy that is everywhere and always present. And since we are one of God, we're that image and likeness thing from, from Genesis of the Bible, the Christian Bible, we must be, we must be love itself also. If God is love and we're one with God, we must be love itself. Breathe that in. And then, of course, that brings up the question that we might ask, so what happened? What happened along the way of us being infinite love, living in a universe of infinite love that we, um, in case you haven't noticed, sometimes love is not fully expressing and fully present, both within ourselves and all around us. Why aren't we constantly aware of and living from this infinite love? And the the simple answer, and we can go into, you could spend years analyzing that and probably never come to the answer, but we forgot. We just forgot. We forgot that we were love. And our life purpose is to wake up and remember, to wake up and remember that we are actually infinite love. When we were first born, we lived in a state of constant love. But as our needs changed and weren't immediately and intuitively met, as we became aware that our caregivers seemed separate from us, and therefore life itself seemed separate from us, we moved out of the awareness of being immersed in a field of infinite love, and we learned behaviors to try to control and manipulate life. We became protective of what we perceive as ours. We identified love as coming from others in response to our behaviors, and we identified love as being expressed through certain ways, certain specific ways. We 
most of us grew up in religions that taught us that this loving God that they talked about needed to be pleased. And if we did not please him, then <clears throat> there was consequences, painful, eternal consequences. We grew up in that sort of system. And so in our forgetting and our misunderstanding, we narrowed the flow of love to a little trickle, dependent upon our ability to please others. And we traded real love, authentic love, for approval and attention. And we found ourselves living in a culture that was supporting that experience. It was doing exactly the same thing. We're all you know, playing in this, in this thing. Think of all the songs that, that talk about earning love. I've got to earn your love. You've got to earn my love. Think of how many times you've heard, well, if you love me, you would fill in the blank. Okay, And it's all condition-based. It's all based on if you perform, I'll love you. And if you don't, mm. if we go far enough away from the awareness of infinite love, we can dehumanize and thus despiritualize others to the point that we can do anything to them because we stop seeing them as fellow humans, as fellow spiritual beings, as fellow expressions of love. You know, when Paul said that love is the, the root, of, excuse me, that money, the love of money is the root of all evil, he was wrong. It's really the perceived lack of love is the root of all evil. The perceived lack of love. When we are not in that sense of love, we are experiencing evil, living backwards. John reminds us that living in love is living in God. And when asked about the two greatest laws, the teacher Jesus replied, love. Love God, love everybody else the same as yourself, which is covers the whole thing. You know? We're loving the infinite presence. We're, we're returning that love. We're loving ourselves, and we're loving everybody else around us. That's it. That's the rules, love. You know. But we kind of got caught up in other rules uh, through our training, through our, our uh, indoctrination. Our, um, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz calls it the domestication, through our domestication. When we talk about a love revolution, it isn't about taking signs and going to the streets with big signs and say, you know, we demand love right now. You know, that's, that's not what we're talking about. The revolution begins within. You know, Rumi uh, um, had a wonderful little saying that said, the pot drips what is in it. The pot drips what is in it. Revolutionary love is actually an evolutionary process. It is the process of the universe as love unfolding through us. Ernest Holmes, our founder, says the spiral of life is upward. Evolution carries us forward, not backwards. Eternal and progressive expansion is its law, and there are no breaks in its continuity. I'll say that again. Eternal and progressive expansion is its law. It seems, he says, it seems to me that our evolution is the result of unfolding consciousness of that which already exists, but needs to be realized to become fact in everyday life. I want to read that last part again. Evolution is the result of the unfolding consciousness of that which already is, that which already exists. The infinite love already is. is. We don't have to make it happen. It's there. We have to tap into it. And so that's where he says, but needs to be realized, made real, expressed, moved from just a nice idea into form, into action, into expression, 
in order in our everyday life. We can't just announce the truth. We can't just say love is all there is. We must prove it. We must make it real. We must apply it. We must act on it. And the first place we start with that is in our own lives. We have to start within. In order to do this, we have to dismantle the structures that we have created, which, do, which separate us from love. Our rules for love and for how love can express and to whom and when we can express that love. We have to dismantle this structure. Because anytime we, we put rules on it, anytime we put cages on it, we're withholding the flow of love. We were taught conditional love, love based on conditions. So take a breath. Doesn't make us bad people. Doesn't make the people who taught us bad people because they were just teaching the same thing that they got taught. All we need to do is to start to say, I'm, I'm becoming aware of this and it's my conditioning and I'm willing to shift my conditioning. That's that paradigm shift. That's the revolution we talked about at the start. So we dismantle the places where we withhold love from ourselves and others. We dismantle these, these thought cages because that's really all they are, cages of thought. Of rules based on beliefs, which often make no sense when they're brought to the, to light in in clear perception. You know, when you when you really start to realize, look at this. You know, we base this on stuff that's made up story. I love to hear people talk about that we have to withhold love from people of you know who are into who are same-sex lovers uh gay and lesbians because it says so in, in in a particular line in the bible and i always love to look at those people and say well what about the rest of that book have you read that do you follow the rest of that book and the answer would be always no but let's take this little one because it bothers us and make it a, a rule when we start to look at that when we start to look at the craziness of the rules that we have set up. We can, when we start to just become aware of them, we start to dissolve them right away. You know, another idea is the idea of, of that came to me was the idea of love languages. There was, there was especially a couple of decades ago, the ideas of love languages, which simply put are the rules of how I can feel loved. These are my rules to feel loved. And while it's good to become aware of these, there are some people who identify with them and they become my love language. This is my love language. And you have to, if, in order for me to feel love, you have to use my language. And, and so we demand that others conform to this instead of using this idea to become multilingual in love languages. Why don't we learn more languages? Let it in, let it out in greater ways opening to a greater variety of ways to express and experience loves, which is, which is really what we're about. Years ago, I was studying Chinese brush painting with a, a, a Chinese uh, woman who was uh, from mainland China uh, while, while I was living in Seattle. And she was sort of um, my Chinese mother, and I was her kind of Chinese adopted son. We had a nice, you know, uh, relationship like that. It was and, and so she used to take me down to the international district to try and uh, help me to learn the culture and immerse me more in that culture. And this one time, she wanted to stop by and see a friend of hers in in, a, in an apartment building, and it was a all Asian, perhaps all Chinese apartment building. So we got onto the elevator and this other woman gets onto the elevator. She's carrying two bags of groceries and she looks at both of us and smiles and says something to my teacher in Chinese. And I watched my teacher, she just bristled, she just, mm. yeah. And 
A couple of floors later, the woman gets off and goes on her way. And the doors to the elevator close. And, and my teacher, who's normally this very elegant, very lovely woman, just spat on the floor and said, she spoke to me in Cantonese. I'm Mandarin. And it was like, you know, I can't accept her saying something pleasant to me unless it's in my language. I have my rules. And there's lots of history for those rules. You know, the story of Pentecost when the apostles, you know, got uh, fired on by the Holy Spirit, fired up by the Holy Spirit, and went out and, and it says they spoke in tongues. And speaking in tongues wasn't babbling incoherently because they said so that every single person could understand them each in their own language. And I suspect that a lot of that was that in that culture also you had dialects and you wouldn't use somebody else's dialect. But when they got so fired up with spirit, when we get so fired up with this infinite love, we set aside all the rules, we set aside all the boundaries, and they would speak in the dialects of everybody around them so that everybody could understand. They took down the barriers that they had for, I'm not, I, I can only speak to you and you can only speak to me this way. We have these barriers. Humanity has tried to fence in love for so long, for millennia. You know, it's the rules of you can't love someone if they're from a different tribe or they're different nationality or they're a different religion, they're a different skin color, they're a different social or financial status, they're not in the right job, they're the same gender. All these things we say, you can't love somebody if. But love is, is infinite. Love is a wild horse that jumps every fence that we put up for it and keeps on running because love is infinite and you can't fence in the infinite. Becoming aware of and dismantling our own rules, our own structures for withholding love is the first and important and powerful step that we all must do and we almost continue, continuously do. It's, but it's not the final step. We still have to let our pot drip. We still have to find ways to share and express that love as we expand in love to start to expand it out in how we give it out into the world. So the work that we do with this, with this dismantling our, our structures and dismantling our blockage isn't just for us. It's for the world. The whole world is a community. The whole world is a community. You know, we talk about our loving community here at CSL Olympia. We need to expand that to include more and bigger, more expansive. We need to open our arms wider. As we raise our ability to love and our willingness to express love, we will create a love revolution. We will be the people that are choosing love instead of something else. There's a lovely passage in The Course in Miracles that says, I can choose love or I can choose to be right. Something to that effect. I may not have that quote perfectly. I can choose love or I can choose to be right. Being right is our rules. Letting go of our rules, letting them just melt away. We can be conditionally. So I invite you to participate in a revolution, in a love revolution, and allow yourself to do the work. Thank you, Camille, uh, who's an authority on that. Would you rather be right or happy is the actual quote. But it's also, would you rather be right or expressing love? Can we let go of the rightness? So take part in a revolution. I invite you to do two practices this week, two spiritual practices. The first one is to take the time to become more aware of your personal structures, your rules, your thought cages. Become aware of them. 
those cages, those rules which block the flow of love through you. Remember, you're not the person giving or receiving love. You're the person who's letting the flow of love happen within your sphere of existence. It isn't just you. Ask your high wisdom self, that deep inner self, to reveal those places where you've been withholding the love. And then don't, when you do that, I'm going to warn you, you're going to go, ick, ooh, I don't want to look at that. Don't slam the lid on them. Keep the door open. View them with gentle curiosity and kind attention. Gentle curiosity and kind attention. See, what we're really viewing when we're looking at those rules isn't the authentic me. It's the conditioning that I grew up with. And it got stuck to me, but it's not the real me. And so all we're doing is freeing up who you really authentically are by letting go of all that sticky conditioning that's you know, Velcroed onto your, your consciousness. And you're saying, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So that's the first one. Take time to become aware of where you do it. You'll notice just if you're willing to become aware of it, just as you walk through your week, you'll suddenly notice, oh, I just withheld love. Somebody will pay you a compliment and you say, oh, you know, it's nothing, you know, or somebody will offer you a gift and you'll have to make sure that you give them a gift of equal value back or something like that. You'll just notice that. Just, just be willing to be aware of it as you walk through your week. And then the second one is let your prayer be to become a more open conduit to love. Let your prayer be, let me be a more open conduit to love. Let me become a sower of love, both within and without. So that's our two practices this week. Are we good for taking part in those? Yes. I want to close with a quote. Um, it's a fairly extensive quote from uh, Valerie Carr, who wrote, See No Stranger, A Memoir and Manifesto of Revolutionary Love, which is a very good book, by the way. Love is more than a feeling. Love is a form of sweet labor, fierce, bloody, imperfect, and life-giving. A choice we make over and over again. If love is sweet labor, love can be taught, modeled, and practiced. This labor engages all our emotions. Joy is the gift of love. Grief is the price of love. Anger protects that which is loved. And when we think we have reached our limit, wonder is the act that returns us to love. Revolutionary love is the choice to enter into wonder and labor for others, for our opponents, and for ourselves in order to transform the world around us. It is not a formal code or prescription, but an orientation to life that is personal and political and rooted in joy. Loving only ourselves is escapism. Loving only our opponents is self-loathing. Loving only others is ineffective. All three practices together make love revolutionary, and revolutionary love can only be practiced in community. Breathe that in. Hmm. We have an affirmation to help anchor that in. So say this with me. I open and let love flow fully and easily through me. Once again, I open and let love flow fully 
and easily through me. And so it is. So let us take a moment to close in prayer. Take a deep breath with me. And turn your attention once again to that infinite presence. Whatever your name is for it is just fine. It's beyond all it includes and it's beyond all the names. Let your heart connect with that. That infinite presence. That is love. That is joy. It is the all good, the good without any opposite of the universe. That presence is all there is. This one, this oneness is all there is. And because that is so, each of us is already and can only be one of that presence. So we are one of the love and the joy and the good and the expression of life energy that God is, that spirit is, that infinite presence is, that Tao is, that Allah is. We are one of that. And so I speak my word that this week, we allow our pot to drip. We shift whatever the contents of our pot is to an even more loving presence and is already there. We allow the true nature of our loving being, of our loving self, our authentic self, to be in expression, in full expression, and then to boil over and to share with others. Because that's the purpose of what you cook in your pot, is to share it. And so I know this process is moved by spirit with grace for each of us, with loving kindness, with gentle attention and curiosity as we move through our lives this week. We release anything that has been in the way. We release all the shame, blame, guilt that most of us grew up with. We let it go, another layer of it go. And in gratitude, in gratitude for each of us who say yes to this process, who say yes to this authentic nature of ourselves, this infinite presence that lives, moves, has its being in through and as us, as we do in it. In gratitude, I release this word into what we call the law, the process of the universe expressing itself, knowing that it knows how to do it. We just get to go along for the ride, and we get to go along willingly, and joyously, and playfully, and so it is. <laughs>